Hey folks, real quick, we are moving to a new feed. So this feed is going to be shut down in about two weeks. So if you just do a search for the unrestricted with Vex and the Bulldog, uh, you'll find it. We're going to shut this one down. You can also head to unrestricted.show, which will have all the new feed information and where to go for Google, Apple, Spotify, and all the others. And that's our new website. So if you want to interact with us, maybe add some comments, talk to us, that's where to go. Unrestricted.show. Thanks. Enjoy our show. Honey, I'm going to go down to Amos Pharmacy and get you a limeade. Yes! I'm like, not fucking right now, Dad. Get her away from me. Here are some ice chips. Which is how I feel like that kid on the mound was when the kid came to hug him. Welcome back to The Unrestricted. Man, it's been a minute. Vex, the bulldog. How you doing, everybody? Bob on the ones and twos. It's been too long. Sorry. Kids, family, work, back to school, man. It's that time. It is. Uh, hey, man, big news coming out of the golf world this morning. Huge. This may be a two-podcast week because later today, Tiger Woods is having a players-only meeting in Delaware in the middle of the FedEx Cup playoffs with somewhere around 30 players, the top 20 players in the world and some of the most influential players on the PGA Tour. And we know what he's doing. We know he's addressing live golf. What goes on today could really change things between the PGA Tour and live golf. And I don't know what to expect. Does this change your perspective if Tiger Woods is now leading the charge against Greg Norman and the Saudis? A couple questions. Do you think this is Tiger on his own? Yes. And they didn't. the PGA didn't put him up to it? Yes, I do. So... Tiger's having a power with all the players. Top 20 players are all going to be there other than... Allegedly. The handful that are playing. That's right. And live. So, what's he looking to accomplish? We don't know. I mean, it's not like there's a set agenda or anything, but I think we can all imagine that what he's trying to do is show some sort of unity among the most influential and best players on the PGA Tour to say, hey, like, if we want to keep doing this on the PGA Tour... We got we to gotta stop this right now. We got to turn the faucet off. Well, is it him harvesting a list of quote-unquote demands from these players to take to Monaghan and go, this is how we want the PGA Tour to change. Otherwise, the tour is done. Damn straight. I guarantee that it is. And, and, and that's fine, right? I mean, a lot of times, competition breeds a better product, right? We've talked about that on this show, how live golf could possibly be what improves the quality of watching the PGA Tour and the quality of life for the players that are out there. I don't know what's going to go on in this meeting, but I heard Davis Love interviewed this morning. Davis Love called Live Golf's existence a hostile takeover. And I have to agree with him. That is what it is. They're just throwing money to pull players out to hurt the PGA product and maybe to have some product of their own in its place. Right? Anybody disagree with that? I think it's still an exhibition. Absolutely. Greg Norman has always been the guy who wanted to take down the PGA Tour. Like, it's been his modus operandi for like 40 years. In retrospect, maybe the PGA should have taken more of a Eastern martial arts, Tai Chi type of move on live golf and just like kind of leaned into it and just said exactly what Richie just said. This is a great exhibition. It's a great exhibition of talent. You guys and do the, you guys go and do this. We understand that these are exhibition tour events. 
They're not going to count for the world golf rankings. You just go off and do that. Come back and play the PGA Tour events and keep your card. Well, if the big question, Mark, is can the two coexist, Davis Love made it obvious this morning, at least in his opinion, that they cannot. I would disagree with him a little bit on that, and I would say, yeah, they can, because Live Golf is just a series of exhibition matches of 30 to 50 players playing for a whole hell of a lot of money, but not very often, not collecting world ranking points, drawing crowds, maybe drawing sponsors at some point, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't necessarily think that it could ever exist all by itself apart from having the PGA Tour in existence as well. Could they coexist? Sure. But only if Liv is seen as some sort of series of exhibitions rather than a competitive tour. Well, and that's the, the competitive part's not there. It's not. Phil hasn't shut under par I mean, one time. I don't think. I don't know. I think he's one under for one round. Yeah. And they're not, they're, not, they're not getting the guys. Have you noticed that the faucet has started just just drip a little bit yeah. on players leaving? Yeah. I'm, I, for lot- some reason, this Tiger Woods players only, you know, behind closed doors meeting in the middle of the FedEx Cup playoffs, he's going up there of his own volition to have this meeting. Tiger Woods taking leadership? Oh, shit, if you're Greg Norman, Right. For some reason, this feels like the beginning of the beginning of the beginning of the end for for Liv, to me. They're trying to snuff it out. Yep. Well, and you look at the players that went, it all made sense. Players on the tour that weren't really well-liked. Yeah. The ones that are good. The old guys went to get paid. Of course. Guys with a couple years left. Guys who weren't liked by their peers. Mm -hmm. Kepka, Reed. And a few guys who just went, holy shit, that's a lot of money. I got to go. Right. You know, all three of those things make perfect sense. But I don't think that there's, I think there's a finite amount of players that live can attract away. And we're starting to see the faucet start to just drip a little bit. Right. Now, this could all change. I mean, if they should get Scotty Scheffler tomorrow, then STFU, Vexler. It does seem like the defection from the PGA Tour is kind of slowing. Just a little bit. And if Tiger Woods is taking a leadership position against Greg Norman and pro PGA Tour, and it's going to be this guy ahead of the President's Cup, mind you, where Davis Love is the captain, Tiger Woods, although not officially a co-captain, he's always very much involved with these teams. If that's the way this is going to go, I'm going to say live as an exhibition series at best and their ability to attract players going forward becomes more and more minimal. I agree with you. They're going to have to loosen up the PGA Tour. You think so? Because I don't think that's what's going to happen in this meeting. If, 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 I, if I'm guessing right now what happens behind closed doors today, I think the players take a stand in two directions. One, they ask for more, and I mean much more, money in purses on the PGA Tour. Because they can't. They run their league, the players do. It's not Jay Moynihan. It's not like the NBA where the commissioner is hired by the owners, right? The commissioner is hired by the players, and the players can set their own rules. And I think that's a big thing that they're going to be talking about in today's meeting. Hey, look, we have $800 million 
next year probably a billion dollars in prize money per annum, right? Here's how we want it distributed. And they get to pretty much decide that and go to Jay Moynihan and say, this is how we're going to do it going forward, bro. Otherwise, you know what the option is. Well, I mean, why don't they set up a competing exhibition tour under the PGA Tour? Let's just the PGA Tour do exhibition events like Live Golf, just periodically once every six weeks, once every eight weeks. We get together, we pay you all the golfers that play 150 grand. Now I think I see what you're saying. Develop a PGA Tour exhibition series within the PGA Tour season. Exactly. Okay. That could be something that comes out of the meeting. The other big thing that I think is going to come out of the meeting, other than the players and their demands on Jay Moynihan, the second part of it is I think they're going to be putting a lot of restrictions on the players who left for live to come back. This is how we expect the majors to, to treat those players who defected to live. Otherwise, we won't play, which is something that Davis Love, by the way, suggested, I think, two months ago. So that kind of makes you think right? He suggested, Davis Love did, that if the majors allow live players back in, the PGA Tour players should then say, forget it. We're boycotting the majors. You can have your, you know, 30 guys from the live tour, but we ain't playing with them. And if they do that, that's drawing a hard line. Something's got to give. I think this is a big day, buddy. I think this is a really big day for golf going forward. And I, I kind of laughed at myself about this as I was coming up the elevator to do this show today. I know that we like the PGA Tour, but how much does the average sports fan give a damn about the PGA Tour? Probably not much. Yeah. I mean, yeah, in and around Oak Hills or San Antonio Country Club with the golf guys in the, in the shark tank, you know, talking, chopping it up, talking about the PGA Tour. Those guys care. But how much does the rest of the world care? Probably not very much at all. No, it's something to watch on a Sunday afternoon as you're napping after brunch. Yeah, and I don't think they give a damn that Brooks Kepka isn't in the field. I really don't. Well, it's because Brooks never really embraced uh, his fans. That's partially true. Brooks is about Brooks. And there's really only been one golfer, at least in this modern era, to ever captivate Anybody from the casual audience, and that's Tiger. Right. Like, Rory McIlroy's a great player, but he doesn't move the needle with the casual fan. My wife doesn't ask, how did Rory do, right? Like, the way she actually has asked, hey, how's Curry playing, right? Mm -hmm. Or, like, how did Tiger play? Those are things that, oh, back in in my day on the the radio, we used to say, you know, would your mother-in-law care to hear about this story and the reality of the live golf versus pga tour thing is i don't think they would no i just think this is a huge day it's going to be a huge week with this meeting with tiger today and jay moynihan meeting with the members tomorrow it's enormous a simple one too it's it could be very very enormous so you're saying that the players hired jay moynihan they yeah they they elect him Okay. How often is he elected? Not exactly sure. Because that might be something that they discuss is, all right, let's get a fresh face in that not only cares about the PGA, but cares about the sport. Who would you hire? Because there's only one word you know. T-I-G-E. 
ER. But would he want to do it? Do you think this is his first step? No, I don't think he'd want to do it. No. However, as somebody mentioned in my golf text thread a few weeks ago, Jay Moynihan isn't the right consigliere. We need a wartime consigliere. Yeah. Could you talk Tiger Woods into being a temporary wartime consigliere? I don't know. Probably not. What about Jack? There's another guy. I don't know. I Probably not. He's too old? Yeah, I, I, but there's got to be somebody, right? And, and if Jay Moynihan doesn't do what the players ask, pretty easy for them to just say, well, we're, we're going to find somebody else. I don't know. It's interesting. You watched the tournament last week, right? As Will Zalatoris won in a playoff? I didn't. You did not? Even pretend like I was going to watch it. You didn't? Okay. Yeah. And I don't feel bad about that. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. Um, it's the FedEx Cup playoffs, which, you know, is a redesign of the silly season of golf post all four majors. This is the way they wind down the year. They call it their Super Bowl. But in reality, it's not all that interesting to casual golf fans. No, I saw an interview and they uh, a guy interviewed uh, uh, I'm blanking, Rory. Uh-huh. And, and he said, Rory, is this the biggest competition in golf? And he said, well, is Super Bowl, is the Super Bowl the biggest football game? And the reporter said, well, this ain't football. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was kind of flippant, you know, but then upon further review, it's two different animals. It is. It completely is. And I don't know when the FedEx became a big deal. It's not. And they're telling us, I guess the players are like, no, it's a big deal. I guess. Yeah, the money's big. The money's really big. But the, like it, you but said, it's a the contrived ver thing that the PGA Tour did to make the silly season, you know, the tournaments that come after the four majors actually matter. Because it used to be all the tournaments after the four majors ended that were around these months, you know, September, October, they didn't matter. Right. None of the big names showed up. And it was when, you know, player ranking 158 on the tour – Got his win. Got a win. Yeah. That's not always necessarily a bad thing, right? Because you that 158 guy might be a 21-year-old who's fresh out of college and going to be the next superstar, which is, I think, what you saw this last weekend with Will Salad-Clitoris. Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> Will Salad-Florist. Uh, Happy Gilmore's caddy. Yeah. Getting his first win. After a bunch of really close calls, second place calls, even in majors. Yeah. And he gets his win, guys. He makes his putt in the third playoff hole from like seven, eight feet. And brother, he just starts crying, breaking down like, like you would expect him to do. I don't care who wins on the live tour for the next two years. I promise you, you're not going to see that moment. No. You're not going to see that moment. And there was something kind of visceral for me watching that where I went, live is contrived. The PGA Tour is this grind mm -hmm. from the time you are eight years old, particularly once you're identified as having great talent and working your way up through mini tours, college, then mini tours, then you're partially qualified 
status and you only get to play in a few tournaments a year. And then all of a sudden it pays off and the tears come out like, like from a fire hydrant. And those are the kind of moments that actually fans are interested in. Would your mother-in-law care to watch that? Only if it was on Good Morning America after 15 to 18 minutes of what's really going on in the world. Did you see the uh, highlights from the Little League World Series last week? The kid that was hit by the pitch? And then hugged. You you have a heart of coal if you didn't like get a little (laughs) dusty seeing that. Did you? I thought it was nice. I was surely with this day and age expecting them to fight. (laughs) (laughs) Hugs not hurts. Hurt people hurt people. That's right. Did he hit him in the head? Instead of leaning into it and taking it all in the helmet, Uh he went backwards Uh and it came up under the brim of his helmet. Like in the eyebrow. So, but the pictures seemed kind of like, dude, get off me. Like, I'm, I'm having a moment here. I don't feel good. I just knocked a guy out. I don't need a hug. Yeah. This is like, do you remember several years ago, there was a kid at Louisville playing in the NCAA tournament, Final Four, if I recall, and his knee just like shattered, his leg just like shattered right in front of the bench. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this at all? And one of his yeah. teammates came off the bench and like got on top of him because it was such a devastating looking injury. Okay. He like got on top of him and he was like, let's pray. Oh and everybody was like, oh my God, what a, what a wonderful teammate. I would have been like, get the fuck off of me. Like I'm, you're damn right. I'm already praying. I don't need your ass. Yeah. Get off of me. How about you bring that stretcher out and let's get me to the hospital? <laughs> yes, right. Chop, chop. We're we're wasting precious moments here. No, I I did not get anything out of the Little League. I I don't need God. I need an orthopedic surgeon. Yes. (laughs) Stat. Right. And again, if you think I'm not praying already, like, it may sound like, God damn it, my leg hurts. But, you know, I'm praying. Trust me. I just remembered something. So two years ago, I passed a kidney stone. Raise your hand if you've had one of those. I haven't, but I've. Nope. Bob, no. I've got a friend that's going through that right now. So you guys are understanding that it is the most painful thing that a male can go through, right? Yeah, it's it's God's revenge because we can't have kids. Yeah. It was it was so painful. So this happened at night and my kids were little and they were asleep. And uh and I was like, honey, I gotta go to the hospital. And she was like, Well, I can't drive you. And I was like, Well, okay. I guess I'm going by myself. So I'm driving myself in searing pain. Why didn't you take an Uber? Probably should have. Yeah, I mean. Probably should have. In retrospect. In retrospect. Yeah. Uh, So I'm driving myself, searing pain. I come into the emergency room there at the quarry, and I'm like, hey, don't know what's happening. Maybe I ruptured my appendix or something. And the nurse immediately knew that that wasn't what was happening. (laughs) But it was, it was something else. It was a kidney stone. So they rushed me to the back. I'd asked my wife to call my parents and have them meet me there. They're in their 70s, but it was okay waking them up, just not the kids. <laughs> so I'm passing this thing, Richard, and wincing, screaming, gritting my teeth, 
holding on to the bed, white knuckle, just the most pain in the world. And my mom comes over and starts like brushing my hair very sweetly, like I'm still six years old. And I was like, Dad, get her away from me. <laughs> I don't need you right this second. She's like, honey, I'm going to go down to Amma's pharmacy and get you a limeade. Yes. I'm like, not fucking right now, Dad. Get her away from me. Here are some ice chips. Which is how I feel like that kid on the mound was when the kid came to hug him. This was a kid that he had spent the night before with, just palling around with, so he knew him, and he had watched this kid on the ground for 15, 20 seconds not moving. I can imagine he's pretty damn distraught. Absolutely. Okay, okay, wait. I think I have the solution. Because the hug sucked. <laughs> well, it was a sucky hug. It was a sucky hug. The kid, the, even the kid who was walking from first base didn't really look like he wanted to be doing it. And the pitcher definitely was not accepting of the hug. Maybe it should have been a handshake. How y'all feel out there? Do you feel good? I said, do you feel good? Come on. The groove feel good when it make you move. Make your next move your best move. Uh-huh. I said, the groove feel good when it make you move. Make your next move your best move. Uh-huh. It feel good, don't it? It feel good. Uh-huh. It feel good because you know it's good.